Hey, this is Scott Petrick with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. I'm joined once again by a good buddy, Dave Chodowski from the WKYC Morning News. Dave, how are you? Doing well, Scott. Uh, how about you? Are you getting out on the golf course at all or just uh, too busy? No, I am getting out on the golf course. I'm trying <laughs> to jam it all in. Um, like this is about the six weeks I need to take advantage. So I'm trying to play, um, trying to do a little work in the meantime, um, trying to take advantage, like I said. But today I did not play because I went out to the Kareem Hunt is hosting a youth camp at uh, Whittleby South, right? His alma mater on the east oh, side. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's a nice facility out there. I, I don't think I've ever been out there for a game. Um, they got some new turf. It's nice. They got the baby blue, um, kind of Tar Heel blue color in the stadium. It looked good. And I told you, all these kids were excited to see Kareem. Um, and we were able to talk to him for a little bit. So my gut tells me you, uh, someone at least asked him about uh, Chubb and the extension. Yes, yes. That was one of the questions. And he was funny. He said, please pay the man. He said he's a freak of nature. Um, you know, works hard on and off the field, loves him on and off the field. So, you know, I, I not that I expected Kareem to say anything different, but, you know, we talked to Nick Chubb last week about the extension. He said Cleveland's where I want to be. He said he really values certainty and he knows what he has in Cleveland. Uh, you know, it, it just feels like kind of another push toward, yes, this contract's going to get done probably sooner rather than later, some point in training camp, I would expect and you know it's just an interesting dynamic with Chubb and Hunt right because they're two big time backs right whether it's you know I mean we will talk about this in a minute but you know maybe Nick Chubb is the top one two three four backs in the league and Kareem's probably a top 10 top 12 back won the rushing title with Kansas City as a rookie so the fact that you have these two guys and you know it comes up during the course of the season obviously but you know, you kind of get stuck in the middle of things and there's so much going on. If you take a step back and really look at these two guys that the Browns have and can take advantage of. And last year it was a lot of one or the other. I mean, it was almost all one or the other, you know, Nick Chubb, he'd get a couple of series and then they'd give the ball to Kareem Hunt, trying to keep both guys fresh, um, both guys fresh into the fourth quarter. And we saw each one of them take over games late. In the, you know, I think it was Kareem. I think it was the Washington game had a huge fourth quarter. Um, and you know what it did? You know what it did, Scott? It huh. really allowed Chubb to be fresh at the end of the game and be even more powerful than he already is. And it, it really, you know, it's almost it's mind boggling to think they have both of these guys on the on the same team. So I guess question for you would be, was was Hunt asked at all today about the them being on the field more together? Yeah, I asked him about that because it's something that really interests me, Chud, is how can they take advantage of these two guys even more than they did last year? And to me, that's the way to do it is by playing them together. Now, I don't think it's as simple as on other teams because you have OBJ and you have Landry and Hooper and, you know, Richard Higgins and Peoples-Jones. There's just a lot of guys on offense. But I trust Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and running back coach Stump Mitchell to figure out a way to use them together more, because I really think that can play havoc with the defense and it gives the defense something else to worry about. And I, you know, I don't know exactly how that will look. Both of them lined up together in the backfield. Do you, you know, put Kareem Hunt in the slot? 
Um, do you motion him in and out of the backfield? It just feels like you could do a lot. And, you know, maybe it's a fourth quarter. Maybe it's, you know, wearing teams down late. And, you know, we saw in 2019 when they played in the backfield together, you know, Freddie Kitchens used them a decent amount together. Both of them were willing to take on that lead blocker role. Now, you don't want them doing that a ton, but occasionally you can do that. Use one as a fullback and still run your normal offense, but you have two, you know, running threats and receiving threats. So I'm really anxious to see how much that element of the offense grows in year two under Kevin Zafanski. Where do you think Chubb ranks in the NFL running back wise, uh, you know, on fantasy football, you hear the talk about it. Now that's fantasy, of course, but just in terms of like the best all around running back and he doesn't catch a lot of balls, but right. where do you think he kind of falls in the rankings? Yeah. It's interesting. Chuck. Like if I were given, if I were given one running back to take, I might take Nick Chubb. Because I feel like I know him. I feel like I know what he gives the Browns day in and day out. He's held up as a model for his teammates, by other teammates, by coaches, by the front office. So, like, I just don't feel like there's a downside to Nick Chubb. Yes, he probably needs to catch the ball better or more. But I think he's really improved in that area. And I know he's motivated by the drops in that playoff game against Kansas City to be even better as a receiver out of the backfield. So, you know, it's tough because Alvin Kamara catches the ball so well. And Christian McCaffrey catches the ball. They're so, you know, they're different types of back than Chubb. And you can make an argument that you'd rather have one of those two guys. But I can say from a pure running standpoint, I would take Chubb even ahead of Derrick Henry, you know, who's won the last two rushing titles. And even as an overall complete back, it's either Chubb or, you know, McCaffrey Kamara. Like, those are my three guys. And, I just might take Chubb. Wow, that's that's a bold statement. <laughs> I know, it, but like I don't feel it's that off base, and and I don't feel slanted from you know covering the Browns or anything. I, I just think he is that solid a player and a guy, you know, a locker room guy as well, a teammate, and you know he's just he gives you so much as a runner. He, he can break tackles, he can hit the home run, he can pick up first down. You know, if you need three, he can get you five, but he can also go ninety five which we've seen time and time again. I just think there's a ton to like about him. And if you gave him the chance to catch 50 balls a year, I think you could probably do that too. Yeah, no doubt. I'd like to see more of that. Let's talk about the D-line now. You're working on a story on the D-line right now, right? I am. Now, depending on – I can't say promise when it will get done, depending on how many tea times I have over the next few days. Um, but I am working on it. And – to me, it's really interesting. Like I spent a lot of time at minicamp, kind of how the fields are set up. We were in front of the D line a lot. So I spent a lot of time watching those guys, a lot of excitement. We probably talked about this a little bit last week, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. You know, Jadavian Clowney making a lot of noise, competition among the guys. It had a real good vibe to it, but you know, so that's, that was really good. And then you look at the, the D line and you say, okay, can this be a dominant D line? Clowney mentioned the 2019 49ers and they had five or six number one picks or first round picks on that line. It really propelled them to the Super Bowl. And he mentioned the Browns being comparable. Now I think that's, you know, a little too much. I think it's way too premature to say that, although they have two overall number one picks and Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. So like, I think the potential is great. If you go, if everybody stays healthy and you line up Garrett and Clowney, and Tack McKinley 
and Malik Jackson is your four rushers. And then you add Billings and Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai as your backup D tackles. You go, okay, this, this front can be really good, borderline dominant. But I have a couple of questions. And number one is, can Jadavian Clowney stay healthy? Because if he doesn't, and he hasn't through a good chunk of his career, he looks really good coming off the torn meniscus surgery in December, but he's got a history of a, a variety of injuries throughout his career. If he's lost for a significant amount of time or at a key time in the season, right, end of the season, playoffs, is Tack McKinley good enough as your number two end? And, and to me, that's a big question mark. Um, I, I'm not sure he is. You know, he's coming off a bad year last year. Um, a lot of it was injuries, but he also talked his or tweeted his way out of Atlanta. And then he didn't catch on after teams claimed him, uh, claimed him off waiver. So, you know, I think he's motivated, but you need to see it. And so if you're not sure if he's the number two, and then behind him is, you know, Curtis Weaver, who's never played in the league, Porter Gustin, who's, you know, just a guy kind of hasn't shown that pass rushing ability. You know, I think he's been good against the run, but hasn't shown that pass rush ability. I, I think there could be a little thin if Clowney doesn't stay healthy. And I think you can say the same thing about the tackle position. Uh, you know, Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi were your two starters a year ago, and they're both gone. Andrew Billings is a run stuffer. I like Malik Jackson a lot. The veteran free agent. Um, he's a tall guy. He can line up inside and outside. I, I like him. But after that, it's Tommy, Tommy Togiai, who's, you know, a rookie fourth-round pick. It's Jordan Elliott, who the Browns drafted in the third round a year ago, but didn't show a whole lot last year. And if he takes the step you want, then okay. Then you're probably set at the tackle, but it needs to be proven. And after that, it's kind of, they took flyers on guys, you know, Malik McDowell, um, Marvin Wilson, the undrafted guy. So I, I think there's a ton of potential, and, but I also think there's some question marks. It's such a key position. And, and that's why I think there's going to be a lot of eyes, and especially mine, on the D-line throughout training camp in the preseason just to see how those guys come together and how they fit. And then how many make the team? Do they keep five tackles? Do they keep five ends? Just how Joe Woods and Chris Kiffin, the line coach, how are they going to mix and match those guys? Did you just say just the guy? I did. And, and you know, that's a little yeah. that's a little rough. And, and maybe that's – No, no. No, but, I just want to – from moving forward, we go Jack. Yeah, there you go. But that's yeah. like, you know, I mean, and that's fine for your fourth or fifth end, right? But all of a sudden, if he's moved up to your third end, is that good enough? And that's where I have questions about, you know, when you talk about Super Bowl dreams, right? And Super Bowl chances and, you know, you need depth and you need quality depth. And maybe you can't expect to do any better than Port Augustine is your fourth or fifth guy. But – I think you need Jadavion Clowney to stay healthy, so he is only your fourth or fifth guy. Let's talk rankings now. Miles Garrett was just ranked uh, 23rd best player in the league. Is that right? Yeah, that's Pro Football Focus is doing their ranking. Um, and it's interesting. I, he's the highest Brown. Yeah, they haven't re- Last time I looked, they hadn't revealed the top 20, but I wouldn't think any other Brown would be higher than Garrett. And, and that makes sense to me. You know, I think you look at Miles Garrett and – if you just said, okay, who's the best player on the Browns? I think it's Miles Garrett. You know, he's physically 
gifted and maybe the most gifted player on the team. You know, Nick Chubb is in the discussion for best player. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, Odell Beckham is junior is in the discussion for most gifted athlete, but obviously hasn't right. had the production with the Browns. Um, you know, and it's a different discussion than most important. Like Baker's the most important, but he hasn't played. He hasn't gone to a Pro Bowl, right? Miles was all pro last year. So it feels like that's that he should be the highest ranked Brown. Um, that feels like the right spot to me, early 20s. It's right around both Bosa brothers. Um, and I think, you know, through Miles' time, he kind of fits in with those guys, with the Bosas, when you're talking about production and talent. I'm, I'm guessing TJ Watt will be higher and probably deservedly so. He had a huge year last year. Um, Aaron Donald might be number one. If not, he's in the top five for sure. But when you talk about Miles and his the ceiling, and you talk about Miles as a defensive player of the year candidate, he needs to be on the same plane as Aaron Donald and TJ Watt. And it'll be interesting to see if he can take that next jump. And last year he got off to such a great start and he was forcing turnovers and making huge sacks. And he just can't continue that throughout the whole year. And a lot of that, you know, he had a little bit of a knee injury about midseason. And then he had COVID and that affected him throughout the end of the season. That was like the last six or seven games. So if, if he can stay healthy, there's a chance for him to dominate for the entire season. And, and if that happens, then you're talking about a top 10 ranking by PFF and a legitimate run to be defensive player of the year, which is, has been Miles' goal since he entered the league. Yeah, I definitely think he can get up there. I got to believe, and I haven't seen the, the list, but I have to believe the top 20 is going to have a lot of quarterbacks in it, right? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I mean, that's and that's the way it should be. Um, I'd have a bunch of quarterbacks, you know, Aaron Donald, I said T.J. Watt. You know, there's probably, you know, I'm sure there's some receivers, but it, it would be heavily slanted toward quarterbacks just because that's the way the game is. Isn't it amazing, though? Again, at least we're talking and having this conversation for so many years. We just didn't have the type of guys that you could even put into this discussion. I, well, no, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, it's a, I, I, it's not, I don't think it's a chicken and the egg thing. I think the reason the Browns are in the Super Bowl discussion is because they have this type of talent. You know, and yes, Kevin Stefanski plays a big part in it. And yes, Baker Mayfield really s- stabilizing the quarterback position is huge, right? Those are like the two biggest factors that jump out at you. And right after that is a roster that really stacks up with anybody in the league. You know, if you take, if you compare Cleveland's roster with everybody else's and you took out quarterback, I think you can make a strong argument that the Browns have the best roster. Now, when you add Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady to that equation, that tips the scales, right? Because Baker has not played at that level yet. Um, but out, you remove quarterback and, and I think it's, you know, the Browns, in Tampa Bay, you know, is probably in maybe Kansas City is probably the three best rosters in the league. That's great to hear. Well, I got to tell you, Scott, I got on in uh, Golf 9 last weekend on Father's Day, and I got to tell you, it felt good to get back out. It had been a while. I got the juices flowing, went to the range on Monday. I don't know if you've uh, ever been to Stonebrook down on uh, Pearl in Middleburg. All the time. Yep. All the time. 
Yeah, that's right. You told me that. Great spot. You can have a drink, get some uh, swings in. I got the itch, and I want to get back out this weekend. <laughs> Chud, I love to hear that from you. I got at Where'd you play on Sunday? I played with my uh, father-in-law over uh, his neck of the woods uh, near the near Canfield, Youngstown area. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I haven't played much out there. Yeah, I, I mean, Chud, I, you know this, and probably people who listen to this. There's nothing I would rather do than play golf. So. I played an outing Monday. I played Tuesday. I got a tee time Friday. I'm in an outing Saturday. And I have an offer to play Sunday, and I'm not sure I can make three straight weekend days work. Um, but that's my goal. So, so you just let me know when you can play, Chud, and I would love to, love to hit the links with you. You know what? I will do that as long as you're all right with uh, watching a guy that will just embarrass himself because I, I will definitely not uh, contend with you, but I, <laughs> I'll have fun. I'll have fun, no doubt. Well, yes, that's that's the first goal. No, I have no problem. Um, I, no, I, that would be great. I would have no problem with that at all. Um, and we should, we'd have a good time doing it. So, All right. Cool. Well, that's all for me, unless you got anything else. Uh, no, I, I, that's, a, that's a good taste of the Browns for an off week. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think we hit some things. There's some other rankings maybe we'll get to um, down the road when we do this again um, in this little bit of a break here before training camp. So, hey, I appreciate your time, Chud. Thank you very much. Always. And, and uh, goodbye, everybody, and we'll do this again soon. Thanks. This is uh, Scott Patrick from the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast.